Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as she travels the vortex and arrive at episode number 455, not with her TARDIS, but with an Ada. <laughs> My code name's not Logan because I don't look like Wolverine. I'm Keith. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. <laughs> How are you guys? I have nothing good. witty to add. That <laughs> <laughs> was all good. That was all good. Open, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have new Doctor Who material like this to mine from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you guys have a good holidays? Yeah, not we bad. did. Not bad at all. Yeah, we haven't seen each other since Christmas, right? Before Christmas. Yeah. That was nice. We went to Wichita for Christmas. Got uh, quite a haul. Um, I, I, well, I can talk about this. I finally fi- finalized my DVD collection. I have... E- I ha- this is the first time in the history of this show and our friendship that I now have more <laughs> Doctor Who <laughs> DVDs than my friend Sean here. Because you're still one away, right? I am. So I, I picked up Resolution as a late Christmas gift to myself. So now I'm back to only needing Curse. Curse of Fenric. Yeah. yeah. Which you can get relatively cheap. I haven't now, seen right? that one drop. Yet. But I think if I think it's dropped. Right. But I don't think it's the, it's the, the re-releases the yet. It's, yeah. it's it's down to about fifty bucks now. Which is, yeah. Eh, I think I saw it for forty-seven. So yeah. Still, that's reasonable. Well, I don't know what my mom paid. My mom got it for me for Christmas. Uh, the invasion. It was the the last thing that I needed, and my mom got it for me for Christmas. And last I saw it, it was still sixty nine dollars. So she must have paid upwards. She must have wondered why she was paying seventy bucks for a DVD. <laughs> but when I opened it and shouted and cheered, then I think she thought she must have done good. So. <laughs> That's what I told Mel. That's awesome. I don't. I don't know how I feel about do i you know i don't know that i want to pay fifty dollars for it and you know assuming it finally drops or goes to video on demand and this twenty dollar title again do i go ahead and pick it up then or do i just break down and upgrade to the blu-ray set <laughs> knowing that it's right, coming right. and and then and then i kind of feel like i will have missed out on that one that, <laughs> you know well it, it escaped me i never got that one on dvd not that i need it but <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like not owning that one version of the Star Wars trilogy on VHS. It still kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other Who stuff I got was I finally got, finally. Uh, this was a year of getting all the things from that have been <laughs> on my Christmas list for years. My mom also got me the uh, Big Finish uh, Companion Volume 2. So. Oh, very oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I mean, they never did any more beyond those, but I have the two that exist now. So, <laughs> uh, and I got a little. And, and we're still in that one in our review schedule. So I don't think so. I think we're past it now. Isn't too. it yeah. seventy-five and seventy-five? Uh, well, yeah, but we're we passed one hundred and fifty. No. Oh, we're not. Oh, no. there, well, there are some of our are in there. Uh, and then I got uh, these really cool looking bookends. Have you seen those on Amazon? That's that blue thing up there. They're. I think they were on. Uh, I, I think I've seen Ooh. them on Etsy, but they're they're bookends, and they 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 actually look like red phone boxes, but somebody's painted them blue, so they oh. kind of kind of look like a TARDIS. <laughs> so I'm using those on top of the bookshelf shelf that has my DVDs, so I can hold my Blu-rays and they won't fall off like they That's were pretty oh, <laughs> before. Uh, and then I got um, then I got um, uh, Doctor Who season one or series oh, one. Cool. 
uh, Ninth Doctor's stuff on Blu-ray. So now I have all of the, I have everything from the new series on Blu-ray now. So, ah, which is nice. So now was uh, is first uh, is Eccleston available individually? Well, that's what that one is that I got is series. It one was re-released series one. On, so it's got the old packaging. It doesn't have the new packaging oh, okay. like that's the Tenic. Right. I assume that eventually they're going to probably do an Eccleston collection and have the new logo on it. Well, cause I've seen an, a new logo art for Eccleston and Tenet. They've, they've yes. For the DVD. Nine, oh, is that a DVD? That's a DVD set. Okay. Yeah. That's a DVD set. Okay. So. Well then, yeah, because there's a Blu-ray then for Tenet by himself. So yeah, right. yeah. So I, I, and I kind of thought, should I wait and see if they do release it one in the, the same font? And then I thought, I'm not going to go back and collect all the rest of my Blu-ray because from Matt Smith on, it's everything I have is is on Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm not going to go back and replace those with that font. So, <laughs> so yeah. When I got the, I actually put that on my list this year. And, and the purist in me would it. actually, as much as I like having the uniform spines. I'd like it better if each era era had its own yeah. logo on it. Yeah. So, so that's that's <laughs> you're the, you're one up on where well, I'm at. Then. The thing is, though, my David Tennant collection has the new logo, the new logo. on it. So, mm-hmm. but it's the only one that has that logo. So, anyway, well, so if you get really twitchy about it and decide that you want to dump your Tennant collection to go rebuy it with the correct box art, you just let me know, and I'll well, I wouldn't it do it with the, cheap. Wouldn't do it for the Tennant collection. But. Oh, I see. So that I could match so the, match the, the uh, football logo. Yeah, yeah. the football logo. <laughs> Elongated. Oh, back in the days. Nope. That's that's it. I'm I am caught up on, and I've got. Uh, I just just got because I had a, a gift card. I just ordered well and just received a week ago the Colin Baker uh, series that's out now. So the trial of the time oh, nice. season. So very nice. Yeah. So I am all caught up on Blu-rays. I'm just. Eagerly awaiting things as they come out now, which I'm oh. going to buy as they come out now, so I don't get <laughs> so, don't so catch up. Woefully, woefully behind again like I did last time. That was pretty much it for as far as Doctor Who stuff. But my Who haul was really small this year. It was a calendar and the Macrotear. Oh, you got the Macrotear? Yeah, good. Which I didn't have previously, obviously. So that was nice. John, I didn't get anything yeah. Who this year. I don't know. Huh. We played the uh, escape. I feel bad now. (laughs) (laughs) We played. I depressed myself. You you got yourself a gift of who? (laughs) Well, yes. I I bought myself a resolution from last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, We played two of those escape game rooms. I saw your text, and I I didn't get a chance to reply. The first one was a blast. Uh, it had a lot of arguments, but uh, <laughs> you the, should give the, some context since we didn't actually talk about this on. So la- uh, last week we we didn't talk about it, or last uh, time we met we exchanged uh, gifts, and I got two games from Sean, and I got a game from Keith, to the or three games from Sean and a game from Keith, and the game from Keith was I can't remember the name of it. We still haven't opened it yet, but because we I can't took remember it with the us, name of it either. We took it with us to Christmas, but then we ran out of time to play games, so. Was it sixties uh, era? Yeah, it's style. kind of it's yeah, it's like a a a, a kitschy B movie uh, monsters game card game, yeah, uh, where you're trying to collect the monsters. Um, and then Sean got me three games that are designed like escape rooms, and what really st- they're they're so much fun, and I think they're totally worth the money. But what stinks about them is that once you play them through, you're done. 
you can't play it again and you can't give it to anybody else because you literally cut and mutilate cards and because you have to for example the first riddle on the one we had we had to cut the corner of the card so that it would line up in a little groove uh, on, a, on, a, on a thing so that would point to a clue that would show us how to get into the next area. And there are some that we had to fold the, car, the little clue cards up in order to form, you know, certain things. And and so, the, the like I say, the first one we had to blast. The second one, which we did, we stepped up because one of them is like closer to novice and one of them is closer to the, the, the one we haven't done yet. It's the nearest expert, but we did the easiest one and then the second hardest one. And uh, <laughs> the second one, we we ended up getting a lot of extra clues, you know, because you can get you can get um, clues and the, all the way to the solution. And what it is is you don't you're not timed like per se that you have so much time to do it, but you run a timer and then for you, you take your t- total time doing it plus how many hints you got uh and that gives you like scores you at the end okay so so on the first game we got like six stars on the second game we only had two (laughs) (laughs) because we asked for a lot of hints and then we we actually went all the way the solution but didn't count the solution on the very last one because we had figured out how to do it but the numbers were not the same as the solution the numbers we saw in would not work and it, it was literally you took and set up this contraption using the box to look through and get the, the numbers. Oh, and wow. we got the numbers. It was really clear to us what the numbers were. And then when we looked at they wouldn't work, we looked at the solution. It was three different numbers that would never have fit in the set. So there was a broke, there was a broke element to it. So we didn't count that against us because hmm. we'd figured it out. But we, that was just me, Holly and, or just, yeah, just me, Holly and Caitlin, but Holly got so frustrated with it. She walked away and Holly and Caitlin and I ended up finishing it. So. <laughs> So it might be a little bit before we do the next <laughs> do the next one. We might give ourselves a little bit of a break before we do the next one. But they're they are a blast. We really enjoy them. Oh, well, good. I'm glad that uh, cool. I'm glad that half of the gift was was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a third anyway. <laughs> or a third of it. Do you guys do anything? I anything, read a book. Anything for New Year's? Did you guys do anything exciting for New Year's? Oh, no. Go out? Did you stay up? Did you even stay up to midnight? Heck no. You didn't even stay up to midnight? No, we, we did. We uh, You guys it. played some games, though, right? We did, we did play night. some games. Still haven't got to yours yet. I was, we, it's kind of, it was sitting there, and the, the group that we had over for New Year's wasn't really well, It was probably too big. Too. Yeah, well, yeah. You can only play four. four. Yeah. Um, but, um, so we wound up... Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what we played first. I think we played uh, Ticket to Ride. And then uh, Patrick wanted to play Flux. I'm like, okay, we can play Flux. And then he wanted to combine two of the sets together. Now, I know that you can do this. I've never actually done but it. But should you do this? I'm going to unequivocally <laughs> say no. Depends on the sets. I think you could probably combine the two star, two or three Star Trek sets and have one big massive Star Trek universe set. Probably. We did Firefly and Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. And... Ultimately, what wound up happening, I don't know if you've ever played Flux, but you have a goal that you have to work for, and there's the, the rules change as you go. And ultimately, what happened is... Hopefully, know, people know how to play if they've watched our... Oh, yeah. that's true, yeah. Um, the, all those cards that enable you to prevent somebody from doing something, well, now there's twice as many of them. And so, <laughs> it kind of became a matter of Wayne and Julian and... Uh, 
and Kenny were, were very much playing spoilers going, no, nobody's going to win. <laughs> they didn't really care. They just didn't want anybody to win. As a consequence, that game dragged oh, I'm on. Sure. And I mean, it was five hours. I oh, think we my. played Flux, and we finally just gave up in disgust. <laughs> we kind of looked up from our cards and went, hey, the ball uh. dropped. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> well, the challenge with that would be there aren't really any creepers in Firefly. and There, there are. are. There's, but, but only, like not very many. It's hard. You don't come across them very often. It seemed like we had them all out. <laughs> but there's more in Doctor Who than there are, there are Firefly. Are yeah, there? yeah. So well, because there's multiple Daleks yeah. that are creepers. Well, and then even. there's the Cybermen. There's all sorts of basically well, just, all, the, all the villains are creepers. I'm just comparing to like Zombie Flux, where there was a lot of creepers in it. Too, yeah. so. In fact, I don't remember which goal it is, but one of the goals is if you have four Dalek creepers, it's a <laughs> cold of scarrow or something yeah, and you you win, win you yeah. know but yeah i mean it, it was but in comparison firefly is like you have the reavers and i think that's it and there's hands of blue and um there there's a couple of them but yeah, yeah you're, you're right there's not as many but consequently it, it, it was very much a don't do this <laughs> that was the lesson that we pulled from from that so oh we went to bed early Oh, at least as early as Jimma will let us. Jimma did get into the game you you got me for Christmas. Oh, she did. <laughs> she liked the little figures, the little. little oh yeah, pieces. the little artifacts. Yeah, the little yeah. artifacts and the little ones that came in the little bag that were supposed oh, to be oh, character just markers. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah she got into those. it like she enjoyed playing it with you, or got into it like she opened the box and carted off half the pieces. The latter. <laughs> <laughs> we have this cabinet that has all our games in it, and I've had to take all the flux boxes out because she likes getting in them. And just going through all the cards, and the last time she literally just dumped them all on the floor. Oh no! Luckily, they're pretty easy to distinguish which kind is which. Yeah. So we put them away and put them up on a shelf, and then <laughs> she got into the game you got us. So I put that away because I didn't want. <laughs> she still tries to eat things when she shouldn't, and I didn't want her to eat one of those little figures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if she listened. I could have warned her. Don't add them together. <laughs> well this was she must have been thinking along the lines you guys were because it was around the same time <laughs> I don't know if it was New Year's Eve but it was pretty close <laughs> it was like a bad meme play with all the cards yeah. no you don't want to do this <laughs> did you guys watch any movies over the break we watched X-Men Dark Phoenix oh, I still have not watched that it was okay it wasn't good it wasn't bad it just kind of was Yeah, I didn't really like it <laughs> the, the, I'll, I think I prefer Last Stand just because I think the Cure plotline is really interesting of that. And of course, as far as Phoenix stories go, yeah. But because the, that feels like two movies shoved together, the Phoenix story and the Cure plotline, yeah. And this doesn't have any other plotline but the Phoenix, really. And it's just, I don't know. It just there's a line in it where Magneto says to Xavier. You're going to give a speech, and you're going to say you're sorry, and nobody cares. And I kind of felt that way about the movie. <laughs> Wasn't that the most meta line in yeah. the entire franchise? <laughs> and you just had to wonder. It had some decent action. and But then afterwards, I looked up and saw who directed it and wrote it. And the same guy who co-wrote The Last Stand. For real? They gave this guy a second chance, and he still <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> Wow. Now, to hear him tell what this was originally supposed to be two films, that they were going to break the action of the Phoenix Saga into the next two parts, and then after... Disney. 
uh, well, that was <laughs> well, part yeah. of it. But um, what was the last one? Apocalypse. Oh, Apocalypse. After Apocalypse didn't do very well. Yeah. The, and Fox was like, nah, one movie. Yeah. We're, we're kind of winding we're, it up. We're you know? Part of the problem here. is they they ignore most of the history of what's already happened, even sure. in this new timeline. Yeah. So as a standalone, it's fine, but then you're not emotionally invested in any of the characters, right. and you're still not very emotionally invested because the main thrust is Jean Grey, and we just met our last movie. Right. So yep. it's still kind of, uh, well, why should we care? And other things that happen, it's just, you know, okay, I was kind of done with this part of the story anyway, so I don't care anymore. We met Jean two movies ago. No, it was just Apocalypse. No, we met Jean Grey in um, uh, Days of Future Past. Her and Scott, and uh, they're all they're no, at the school. That was all Apocalypse. No, they're all. No, he's school. right. They oh, are. They're all at the, at the school. End. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. At the beginning, throughout it. In fact, because Days of Future where... Past is young and old, yeah. but it's the new crop of of young. Right, because they, they don't. Class, ar- arguably, they don't get a lot to do because it's mostly uh, Wolverine's sure movie. Pretty much all. No, because remember that they they blow up the school and and yeah, that uh, happens in Apocalypse. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver has to run in and save all the kids. Yeah, that happens in Apocalypse. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, because no. Quicksilver's big thing in Days of Future Past is oh, was the oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. you're right, yeah, because he gets That's one big set the... piece per movie. Yeah, you're right. And that, that was he, Apocalypse. He, he debuted in Days of Future Past. You're, you're right. You're yeah. right. He was there. I was, there was, they, so they, I was they shifting the all movies. the movies back. Yeah, yeah. they went yeah. to the movies while that was happening in Apocalypse. Yes. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was only one film before Keith Red. Yep. I mean, Jean Grey was in Days of Future Past, but not Sophie Turner's. Jean right, Grey. right. Not the same. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. No, no. <laughs> I think we just illustrated how really interchangeable these exactly. Plots are. Well, that's just <laughs> yeah, it. I had true. I had shifted elements from the movies you, back you further the two than movies were, together. Yeah, yeah. You tried to make Apocalypse better by injecting Days of Future Past <laughs> into it. That's true. That's true. Which I still maintain Apocalypse isn't horrible. As a standalone X-Men adventure, it's like, yeah, this was... It's just on the heels of Days of Future Past. It's, you know, that Days of Future Past should have been the end of all the X-Men films. Yeah. You shouldn't continue beyond that. No, you're done. (laughs) I did read a book, though. What'd you read? Star Wars Lords of the Sith. It's one of the early new canon books featuring, uh, focusing on Vader and Emperor... And the free Ryloth movement from Clone Wars and Rebels, it's really good. Hmm. It's one of those stories where you know how it's going to end, but you're so captivated by what's going on that you just want to keep knowing what's happening. It's I highly recommend it. It's really really good. Centers on a twil a Twilic attempt to assassinate both the Emperor and Vader aboard a starship above their planet. Huh. It's really good it toes that perfect line between original trilogy and um now you're popping oh prequels yeah (laughs) it it touches and dips into vader's mindset post you know revenge of the sith and remembering his past as opposed to completely forgetting it and then builds towards a rebellion it's all really really well done Uh. I'm just now about to finish up Master and Apprentice. Master and Apprentice. I've heard good things about that. Which is the Qui Gon and Obi Wan uh, early story. Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Really, really good. Nice. 
Who finished Mandalorian? Oh, I yeah. Did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, really good. Although, you know, the only thing that I had a problem, and it wasn't even a problem, it just felt almost like it was a bit tidied up a little bit, was the the whole conversation at the end after they've resolved everything. And it was almost very much a, oh, everything's okay and rosy. You know, and it just, I, that, that felt a little out of place to me. You know, you know what I'm talking about, where they're standing there. This is a beautiful town now that everything's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that now just, that the Empire's It felt gone, very, yeah. yeah, it just felt very quickly wrapped up there. Especially and, for what's-her-face to stick around. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I would agree. So it was just a little too rosy there for the tone that they've had the whole You have mountains story, of but... dead stormtroopers everywhere. This is not going to be a rosy town for a while. <laughs> Uh, but I, but I, I did was... like the cliffhanger of that too. Yeah, so that was interesting. We'll see how <laughs> so we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I loved how uh, Sabine was the last one to have that right. Yeah, yeah. I loved how Tycho uh, pulled a lot of Jenny Tartakovsky. It felt like into this last one with you know. Oh, it felt like he put his own stamp on it. Well, it, it did, but there were there were just those moments like you know, droids on speeder bikes. That oh. was like, oh, that's right out of the Clone Wars. Okay. You know? yeah, I see what you're saying. So, it, it just, there were, my only, compl- I have one complaint about the entire thing, because so much of it was squee-inducing. And it's the, I don't know how much I want to say on the air, but remind me later and I'll, I'll bring it up. Okay. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, but it was really good. Hmm. Sean, well, did you watch any movies? Uh, I saw a whole slew of things. I'm only going to mention three. Doctor Sleep, which is fantastic. It's really, really good. And coming as somebody who I came very late to The Shining, and I, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it and kind of knew of it and everything, but to actually sit down and watch it from beginning to end, I was left a little hollow on it because there's not much shining in it. It's all about, you know, Jack going nuts. Doctor Sleep is all about The Shining. It's all about the magic powers and how it comes to be and, you know, what to do with it and uh, tons re- and tons and tons of Dark Tower references. Yeah, I read that this was... Uh, Stephen King wanted a way to make the first movie better, is what I read. That I think made, they did. Because he didn't like. He didn't like the first film. Uh, yeah. And I think for that same reason that they left a lot of the shining out of it. and I, Yeah, it, he, he hated the first movie. He yeah. did not like the first movie. And so when they, they went to him with this one... They said, this is how we're going to do this, but we're going to bill it as a sequel to The Shining. And he said, okay. And so I think this was more to appease him. Well, well and what's really interesting. Well, a novel, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, based, yeah, on it's, part of, it's based on a novel. But their point was they're going... They're, they're going to try to bridge the gap This is going novels. to exist in the yeah universe okay. and, and explain a lot of the things that were left out of The Shining. So. And what's interesting is that it very much feels like, plot-wise, it's a, you know, we're going in this direction with it. And yet, it is so married to all of that iconic imagery right. from The Shining. That I mean, and it's all there, and it's all legit. It's it has a reason for existing, and calling back the way that it does. And it's it's Ready Player One level of they nailed it. I mean, it looks right, and they return to the Overlook, and they. I mean, it's just it was really really good. Um, so I can't say enough good things about that one. I really liked it, uh, and then I. Uh, I saw cats today, mainly out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> and um, Wait, who'd you go with? I went with Corey. Oh, okay. Because she went back to it. No, no, Jesse went. Never mind. Jesse, yeah, Mel and Jesse. That's why I was yeah. gonna say I wasn't sure if Mel was, would have gone again for it. She would have, but she wasn't happy about the idea. Uh. So. 
and I, I, I really, I tried to stay open-minded, even though I had read a bunch of the reviews about it, and so it, it started, and there, there are three levels of, uh, there's, there's theater, and then there's musical theater, and, and then, then there's, there's whatever this is. <laughs> okay. And and doing cats as a movie is is a folly because it's not designed for that. It, no, it's, it's no. one of those stories that simply can't be adapted. Well, it's, it is what it is. The thing the problem with cats is cats is not a linear story. Cats is a is a a uh, number of poems is basically what it mm. is in order and and set to stage performance. And that's there's no through line. So now I I understand that they attempt to make a through line they kind of sort of hammer a through line onto it and uh, yeah it's there but it, it, it simply doesn't matter because the ad it, it, it's very unfortunate because there's so many quality individuals associated with this <laughs> i've really felt bad for the actors because right? uh, ian mckellen was great and uh um you know judy dench was good and uh, believe it or not james corden was probably the best thing in it even though i know the internet's really big on hating on corden but I think it's because he's done theater. So oh, yeah. he, oh, he yeah. knows what we're aiming for. He knows for. what Cats sure, is. Sure, sure. And, um, but it, yeah, it's just, it was so poorly executed. Uh, even the editing. I mean, the, the, the way it was shot is like, that's not how you would do the sequence. That's what made the green screen look terrible, is because you shot it this way. You don't edit it the way that they edit it. You, you, you know, yeah. It just, it, 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 it failed miserably on the adaptation itself of how to put it into this new medium starting with the fact that you really can't adapt it into this new medium <laughs> but um i don't think it's as you know yes it's a dumpster fire but no it's not the horrific oversexed piece of garbage that everybody seems to be you know they, they really are championing making this the worst film of the year and i i honestly don't know that i can go that far it's bad but it's not you know now, also, I've seen that one of the big new things, apparently, is trying to turn it into the next Rocky Horror. I've seen a lot of people that are, you know, how many drugs can we take and then go see cats uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And admittedly, in that kind of environment with a large group of people that are all thinking the same thing, it probably would be a blast to watch. But <laughs> just me and Corey in the theater, that, 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 that was not it. And then uh, lastly, I, I went and saw uh, Rise of Skywalker again. Oh, you did? Oh. And I saw it in 3D. There are a couple of really cool shots. For the most part, the 3D is not worth it. And two viewings in, I can honestly say I think the luster's off this one. It it still is enjoyable for what it is and for what it uh, you know presents, but it was so much easier to start picking it apart and go, this doesn't make any sense. This thread doesn't go anywhere. Why is this here? And I, I tried really hard not to get into that mindset, but it just kind of kept hitting me in the face as I was sitting there watching it. And so it's like, I'm gonna stay away for a while. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to pick apart my Star Wars. Sure, I uh, yeah, I've yet to go back, but yeah, neither have I. So. All right. Well, I didn't really watch anything. So, Rise of Star Wars Skywalker is the last thing I saw, and that's been before the last time. We <laughs> not even any at home, huh? No. Uh, well, I, no. Not really. I've been watching series and stuff like that. So, all right. Well, it's uh, we have no news this week, right? No news. No this news week. because because the series back on. There's because no there's news. one big right. piece of news. Doctor Who is Doctor back. Doctor Who is back. Doctor Who is on. 
So uh, I guess are you sure you don't want to skip not talking about? Yeah, news let's, and... let's 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 <laughs> <laughs> let's. Yeah, this would be the one opportunity I could have done it. <laughs> well, let's move on to feedback then. First up in feedback, we have Holly. And I accidentally closed the email. <laughs> Here we go. I pulled the show. Hey guys, wishing everyone a very happy new year. What a way to start the year with a new episode of Doctor Who and an exciting one at that. Love the opening part where all of Team TARDIS are going about their normal day-to-day lives when the Doctor calls them, and then they get visits from the Men in Black. I was chuckling at Graham's worst Uber ever line. It reminded me a bit of the Tenth Doctor and his worst rescue ever line from the end of time. was kind of guessing MI6 and Stephen, Stephen Fry as C uh, was great. I wished he would have survived longer. The Bond gags and jokes were enjoyable between Graham and Ryan. What can I say about O? When he first showed up, I was really warming up to him and liking him, thinking it would be great to see more of him. And then the, pardon the pun, bombshell at the end of the episode that O isn't O, but the Master. Oh boy, didn't see that coming at all. Makes me wonder if this is the only Master running around or if Missy or Saxon Master survived. The whole thing with Barton has me interested as well, with how could he could the Master have been helping him with his businesses. Only time will tell, but I'm liking the new incarnation of the Master. Can't wait to see how this concludes. If this is any indication of the season and two-parters to come, something tells me we're going to be in for quite the ride. It's so nice to have Doctor Who back on our screens. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank She's- you, Holly. Sent in some feedback for part two. She wrote, Hey guys, wow, what a way to end the two-parter. The scenes with Ryan and Graham on the plane following the doctor's plan and her coming on the screen and telling Graham not to panic (laughs) when he clearly was had me chuckling. The doctor knows her fam pretty well. There's really no love lost between the master and Mr. Barton. The actor playing the master has done a terrific job. The Kasavin are an interesting enemy, and I wonder if they aren't going to be making a return appearance later again this season. The Master, using his tissue decompression gun left and right and center, was just a bit terrifying. I'm also wondering exactly how much of the truth the Master is telling about Gallifrey. I wouldn't put it past the Time Lords to do something that the Master is claiming without giving all the details, but he does happen to follow one of the Doctor's rules, and that is the Doctor lies. So does the Master as well. So we also we also have another use for the sonic screwdriver, that of a recording device. Maybe one day it will work on wood and deadlock seals. <laughs> the Master clearly wasn't expecting that and the fallout from it. Something tells me that this isn't the last we've seen of the Master. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Thanks, yeah. Holly. Up next in feedback is Jamie. Jamie writes, Series 12, Episode 1, Hey There Vortexers. So, wow. That was, wow, what an ending. Okay, wait, let me back up. Spyfall Part 1. Love the James Bond feel to it. The car chases, the spy stuff. The aliens, kind of meh. They don't really do much except phase through walls and glow. Extra dimensional is cool. Now watch them just be illusions. I knew that the death of Missy at the end of Series 10 wasn't final, unless this incarnation falls between Saxon and Missy. I don't think we actually saw a regeneration. We just kind of got into the TARDIS and left. 
So I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. Sorry about that. It's weird seeing the guy who played Waris Hussein on Adventures of Time and Space as the Master, and the turn from O to the Master was so well done. Seeing his TARDIS, the mention of the TCE, wow, it was one hell of a cliffhanger. So the companions, they were split up well. I feel like Yaz feels a bit more well-rounded this time. In Series 11, she felt shunted into the background and then just periodically gave the Doctor an idea. Ryan is there. He feels like a person. Graham is his usual likable self. And the Doctor. Jody feels like she's fitting into the role a bit better. I still don't know how to describe her character. She feels a bit manic, but with a lust for exploration. I'm warming to her more, I guess. It helps that the writing seems better this time around. The guest stars, Stephen Fry. I'm sure Glenn is excited. Despite not being in much of the episode, he still did a great job. <laughs> Lenny Henry. Never had heard of him before the casting news, but enjoyed his character. I'm interested in seeing how they resolve the cliffhanger and what these aliens actually are and what the Master's plan is. Also wondering how that, how what appears to be World War II Paris plays into things. Anyway, expect more feedback as things air. I won't keep any longer. Keep up the great show, Jamie. And Jamie continues with another piece of feedback, Series 12, Episode 2. So, Spyfall Part 2. After a fun spy episode with an amazing ending, does Part 2 stick the landing? Yes, I think so. Not as good as Part 1, but the second parts rarely are. The conclusion and defeat of the Master were well done. I hope he gets out of his prison. I love this incarnation. He goes from charming and likable to villain to mad, angry, and crazy. He's just a lot of fun. The historical guest stars were enjoyable and explained well, but just didn't stand out super well for me. And finally, Gallifrey and the Timeless Child. I feel that this will be at least the series arc, if not Whitaker's era arc, kind of like the crack and the silence were for Matt Smith, or Missy and the good man for Capaldi. I find the evolution of Gallifrey in the new series interesting. When you start with series one with them gone because of the time war, find the Doctor didn't destroy them and instead hit them away in a pocket universe, and then deal with the Doctor going home, and now the Master's destroyed it. RTD got rid of it, Moffat brings it back, Chibnall destroys it again. <laughs> so far I'm enjoying Series 12 a lot more than I did Series 11. Everyone feels more relaxed and personable. Chibnall wasn't lying about the season opener being huge and epic. Will they be able to keep this up? I don't know. I think last season they were trying too hard. Too hard to make it accessible, too hard to distance themselves from the Moffat era. Just trying too hard to be modern. This year, it seems like they listened to complaints, took the extra time to polish things up a bit, and I look forward to seeing where we go from here. Jamie. Thank, Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. All right, well, let's uh, tackle our reviews. Spyfall. The security of the entire world is at stake, so head of MI6, C, enlists the 13th Doctor and her team to investigate former agent spy Daniel Barton to see if he's been turned against them. Meanwhile, an alien threat that can pass through walls, even those of the TARDIS, known as the Kasavin, is wiping out spy organizations all over the planet. Can former MI6 Agent O help them, or is he not who he claims to be? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what, a, what a way to put that twist reveal on the <laughs> synopsis. There. That synopsis was from TARDIS Wiki, not from... BBC. First of all, can we get can we give a round of applause to the BBC and yes. Chris Chibnall for finally managing Keeping to pull a, a surprise on us? Wow. 
I had no idea the master was coming back. Did you guys? You hadn't heard anything. I did. At I all, got spoiled right? on it. You did get spoiled. Well, no, no. You got spoiled like day of. I got spoiled day of because it had aired. I hadn't had a chance to watch. But it did yet. you know I did before not know that. that? Well, now that that doesn't count, so. man, because that's that's just it aired, just, and yeah. so yeah. The, and and for all the people complaining that. You know, all the headlines were there and it spoiled it for everybody. Yeah, I, I think you have reason to complain. But on the flip side, this airs in the UK. It's it's one of the biggest. This it's, it's new. E- it's you event. stay off the internet exactly. you watch it. <laughs> this is event. If, they had, if somebody had spoiled this a week out before anybody saw it, that's not fair play. But it's I almost have to say it's fair play if it's aired in the UK and UK... Uh, media is hyping it or talking about it or i i think that's perfectly yeah. fine i so. agree with you up uh, well and i don't even know how i feel about this because I, what i think a lot of people complaining about is the fact that bbc was live tweeting along with it right which and i think so is absolutely that all fine. of a sudden is showing up in people's feeds but i agree with you I it goes back to the stay off now the bbc probably should have made it very clear that we'll be live tweeting along for American audiences that haven't seen it. Make sure you, you know, silence their feeds or something. They, maybe they should have done better, some due diligence, but I can't fault Well, them. and what I think it was I can't is fault I think, any of them. Yeah, for, no, I think other people were sharing the BBC's tweets going, holy crap, did you see? And it's like, come on, guys, we're back to that I again. Mean, but. East West Coast deals with this in the United States all the time. Yeah. Oh, Though, yeah. In fact, the West Coast on shows, they go dark. They don't, they, they stay off the internet for two hours because they don't get shows until, you know, four hours, three hours after they've already aired. You know, so... They, we, we just have to have the mentality of doing the same thing mm-hmm. when the BBC is airing this, these Which things. I have. Especially while, when it's going to so. be such big revelations and ex- exciting oh, events. Yeah. That happens, so. All right. I'm off, I'm I, off that. So book. while watching it and he showed up, I had an inkling in the back of my head like, was that rumored that he was c- going to be on here? Because uh, I obviously recognized the actor. Right. Uh, not only from Adventure in Space and Time, but Iron Fist. That was I couldn't think of what the other thing <laughs> I knew him is. from. I knew that he was Warris Hussein in Adventures uh, yeah. of Time and Space. I I forgot that's who that was. Yeah. Okay, I knew there was something else I knew him from. And so in the back of my head, I was like, did I hear see rumors somewhere that he was the master, or was that a wish list? And I I don't I I tried to look it up after after the episode aired and couldn't find a single article. Referencing it, I think we're so, so used to getting brain. spoiled that we fabricate. Because I kind of <laughs> felt the same way. I was, was this maybe hinted at, and I just missed it or had forgotten about it or something? But yeah, which and I inadvertently got spoiled by trying to remember if he was in Demons of the Punjab also. Because for some reason I thought he was, so I went to go look up his character on Tardis, <laughs> his actor on Tardis Wiki, and wound up seeing. That the episode featured the master, but didn't see that it was him as this the was before it aired. This was as I was watching it. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Well, at least it was. And so I was going down the rabbit hole of, oh, is Daniel Barton really the master? <laughs> you guys, uh, I was, was a rookie move. Uh, so I got to. <laughs> I didn't the, think Tar- I legit Wiki tried would be, to stay. So off I'm of the <laughs> only one that genuinely got to the end of the episode and went, oh. <laughs> I, I still would have gone. What? The, the the way that that played oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I the, was the, still, the the writing there was fantastic, and the way that he did it. And then I did say to go after the spy master, 
And as soon as he said that, I went, <gasps> even though I knew, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it was that big of a thing. Or should I say spy? And in my head, I'm going, yeah, draw it out. Wait for it. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Master. Ah! It was so well done. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And then I was so angry that <laughs> I found out. <laughs> Uh, my only nitpicks, actually, there was one really, really glaring, obvious problem with this, and that's the fact that um, they killed off Stephen Fry's character way, <laughs> no, way I knew that was too soon. Why bother way bringing him soon. in if you're going to off him? Like because he's that. only got about I don't know eight minutes of screen time. If that, by the if time that. he shows up to the time that he sits down in that chair, is talking to her and gets shot in the back. Yeah. I was it's like probably eight minutes, eh, but he's not even on screen how, the whole time. How many time. years have I been hollering that they need to get <laughs> Stephen Fry on Doctor Who, and then they do, and then they do that to me? I mean, come on! You know that was purposeful, just to get to you. Yes, they, <laughs> that was a. They were targeting me. Damn it! <laughs> it was probably Stephen Fry. He said, "You know, I would love to make this a recurring role. I could come back, you know, every every handful of episodes, every year, as you know, the head of MI six, and do something." But look, there's this guy. <laughs> He's obsessed with me. And <laughs> I think it'd be really funny to do this. So thing. that really stunk. Um, <laughs> no, but for real, the, 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 I think the other things that I just had a little issue with is, I, I, well, first of all, I love that they were doing the spy element of it. I love the James Bond idea of this. It's such a good I, job. I, I, the, it was, the feel and the music. It, it and was, and I think you, you had said it in, in Tardis Sauce that it, it's not so much a parody, but an homage, but it's almost a little bit of both. It's a little bit it's of both. It's a little bit of both. Because parts of it are played for laughs. Right, exactly, but and I think are, that's why. But those are, like, within character moments played for laughs. Well, the like, meta. It's almost yeah. meta details yeah. about it, that, that because they recognize that they're in a spy scenario. Right. You know, and, 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 and James Bond is something in their universe that is fiction and exists. So, um, It's not like it's lethal weapon. Not lethal weapon. uh Loaded weapon? Loaded weapon. Loaded weapon. Right, right. Levels parody. Right, right. Yeah. No, not at all. And so, but... Naked gun. Naked I, gun, that's what it naked is. Naked gun, there you go. But I think the problem that I have is I felt like the spy tech was a little, taken a little too far to the unreal. It pushed the unrealism bubble. <laughs> and it wasn't even so much that in the first episode, the tech that they take into... Uh, the uh, what was the bad guy's name? Uh, Daniel. Yes, uh, into his you know uh, uh, offices and stuff, and, and getting the security badges and all the the different things. It wasn't so much that it was the laser shoes. <laughs> <laughs> just the laser shoes were. You just introduce a, a laser shoe, you have to pay it off. It's I, Pavlov's gun. <laughs> I agree. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. But I, I agree, but I just would have rather them not have introduced it. I, I think some more realistic technology. I mean, it could still be a little over the top, but not just... The rocket cufflinks were okay, but the lasers Maybe, not. but the rocket cufflinks <laughs> even still looked like lasers. I just, I, I, I just had a bit of an issue with that. And, and again, I think it was there for some comedic effect. That's but, all it was there for. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's funny because Tim had the same problem. He, he really came down on the laser shoes and i you know this is a, this is an mi6 that exists in the same universe as torchwood and uh, I can totally unit buy it. but torchwood and unit would never have gone to laser shoes but the fact of the matter is that there is this alien tech that's falling all over cardiff in the uk 
laser shoes are not outside the realm of probability in my mind. Now, how the laser shoes were executed, I didn't quite think made a lot of sense. Shooting out of the heels, really? <laughs> if you're going to have a laser shoe, have it come out the toe. Yeah. So you can aim and just boom, boom, boom. I can only imagine in the rule book that he didn't bother with, probably in the little box in the bold print at the top was, do not wear laser shoes while you sing. <laughs> <laughs> That you're supposed to take it off and use it as a, right, you right. know, melt the door or something. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, it's one of the, it's, it was terrible. It was just a terrible dad joke level thing. And I hated it. And I laughed. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so the minute I laughed, I had to give it to him. The other I think th- a lot of that's Graham. The other thing that yeah. bothered me going back to the, the first episode too was I there was a little too much when they were the motorcycle chase, which was fun, <laughs> which was fun. There were far too many bullets ricocheting off the motorcycles <laughs> for me to believe that nobody was going to get hit by those a bullet. headlights were impervious. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think not a I, I had struck. no problem with the lots of shots being fired, but I didn't need to see them pinging off the front of the motorcycle every single time. You should have missed a lot more. Yeah. yeah. There should have been a lot of misses, which and, and, at the rate of speeds they were going and as sporadic as the car was driving. Yeah. I think that it would have been realistic that he didn't hit anybody. I mean, it could be realistic that he didn't hit anybody, but to emphasize that they were being shot at by utilizing the pings off the, off the, uh, the, light and the chrome and everything that was just a little too much but. plastic reflector yeah. but other than that I, I just had a lot of fun i thought i think the writing was a lot more concise this year than it's been in the past um i really i felt like the doctor has finally has that what you were looking for that that more gravitas that more um purpose for being there I think she especially gets that in the second part of this yeah uh it's very much a doctor move what she does um so but after after watching it, I, I even the first episode, it, I kind of felt like my first thought was, okay, yes, I enjoyed this. Yes, this is this is very good. But I also liked the last season's idea of of exploring different avenues and not making me feel safe and not you know using. All of the, you know, not talking a lot about, and I agree with what Jamie said, is that last season they they tried really hard to distance themselves from Moffat's era. And not that I thought they needed to go as far away from it as they did, but I enjoyed the fact that we were exploring new territory. We didn't have any returning villains. We had We were coming up with new and different ideas to kind of move the series forward without falling into that trap of continuing to bring back the same villains every which and I I absolutely love the same villains every week don't get me wrong but it just I'm 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 on the edge of are we going to fall into that trap of trying to please so many fans that we're going to fall into this humdrum repeat of everything again and and and, and as we said and and what makes that even more so is the whole idea of Russell T. Davis got rid of Gallifrey, <laughs> Moffat brought it back, and Chibnall destroyed it again. And yeah. so I and I and I thought that I thought, are we ready for another doctor, you know, vengeful because something now this time it's not it's it, it's it's vengeance, it's not remorse. Right. It's not regret. It's gonna be, you know, she's 
mad because, you know, this has been taken away from her this time after all the efforts that she's gone through to preserve it. But it seems too soon. It seems way too soon. I am intrigued by... We just by... got Gallifrey back. <laughs> we didn't even get any... Like, we got one story on it, and that's right, it. Right, I am intrigued by the um, uh, the child. The, the timeless thank child. Thank you, timeless child. I keep wanting to say nightmare child. The timeless child. I They're am... brothers. It's a different child. <laughs> and I'm excited with the idea... Oh. If if it's if it's if they play it through that that things aren't the way we've always expected them or what we've come to know, I kind of am intrigued by that. If you can do it realistically without just kind of throwing everything out in the past, but right. but but just giving us that little we we didn't quite know this was happening type thing. I'm intrigued by that. But I'll go one step further. I'd even be okay with. This is a dangerous place for a showrunner to go. So, Chibnall, if you're listening, don't. But <laughs> two ladies already got the series. It's in a too game. late. Yeah. Um, the idea that whatever happened, whatever this lie is that that, that Gallifrey Society has been built upon, and and you know, in perpetuity, we've been told this and fed this line of BS. That if it comes to pass that the Doctor finds out. This is a lie. And literally everything that we know from day one of this show can be thrown out because of whatever this momentous thing is. I think that's bold, and I think that's cool, and I think that's just earth-shattering. And I'm honestly a little okay with not having a a backup plan. I'm okay with somebody coming in and saying... Boom! Bombshell. Nothing you thought was true for the entire running course of this show. I don't know what it is. That's up to somebody else to figure out <laughs> down the road. I kind of... that That is a, a very intriguing place to be if it winds up coming to pass. Because it's easy to destroy things. It's much harder to create them. And so to come along and go, yeah, I'm just going to throw it all out. And I'm not going to yeah. worry about it. I'm going to Ryan Johnson this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can get JJ to fix it. Oh, wait. <laughs> what you said is, to the reverse side of this, is I I very much enjoyed this two-parter, and I did feel like it was kind of a return to form. It, it, it felt more like what I wanted out of Doctor Who. Now, I enjoyed new villains and new monsters and not necessarily continually going back to the well. And we've all talked about that. There's only so many times the Cybermen or the Docs can come, or the Master can come back. And for all of the celebration of this reveal of the Master, it's also been done. It's yeah. it's Missy going, ta-da, I'm the Master, and everybody going, huh? Which you arguably know. was a better reveal because of the gender switch. Yeah. Or um, Derek Jacoby and yeah. how that was a Jacoby. what. Jacoby. Jacoby. Thank you for correcting <laughs> yourself this week on the show. Um, you know, that was, it, it's it's the same reveal. So I feel like I shouldn't necessarily applaud it as much as I am for it. Because it's it's just, well, the master showed back up. Well, it's the same old master plot, too. Yeah, exactly. Team up with an well, alien and it goes wrong. <laughs> what, what, what made it so exciting and made it fresh and new is the fact that they were able to keep the secret this time. Because well, yes. we, yeah. we've, been, yeah. we've been spoiling the master all the way back in the Davis era. We knew that John Sim was coming and he was going to show up and he was going to play the master. Now, we didn't know that Jacoby was going to start that and bring us in. And so they did a right. nice job there. 
but they've really spoiled us on on ever these since, players so. ever since. Yeah. But um, so while I, I while it feels like a return to form for me, I also, as you pointed out, I worry that okay, is this a return to form because this was kind of the plan all along? Is that we wanted a kind of a a gap year, if you will, to take a break and bring on new people? Uh, who didn't have to worry about the continuity before we stepped back into it? Or was this a result of that minor vocal group of fans that, ah, it's not my Doctor Who and I don't like it and blah, blah, blah. And are, you know, are they affecting those changes and are we going to have a Star Wars situation now? No. You know, if, if Ryan Johnson were to break it, are we going to get a J.J. trying to fix it? If if it weren't for them obviously picking up the drop line that Chibnall wrote in the second episode last season about the Timeless Child, I would be more inclined to think that a lot of this was reaction to the fanboy. But because he's picking up a plot point or a reference that he dropped early on in his run and developing it into a story, it makes me think that it's the opposite, where he had a has a plan of what he envisions for his time on the show is going to be complete with flashbacks to that episode. Right. Exactly. But I think it's, if it was written by somebody else, I would think it would be a, Oh, this is an easy thing to go back and grab. But it's too small of a thread because even what we got dropped in about a timeless child was still not enough that I, I could, I could tell you, I could tell you a really clever name, you know, (laughs) the black and white pantomime. (gasps) And then, yeah, you're like, Oh, what's this? And then in a year from now, give you a black and white pantomime story. So, I mean, I, 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 to me, it's too small of a threat. I'm still waiting for the duck pond. I'm hoping you're you're right. See, I guess because there are so many of the other random things, name drops that we get throughout the the show, the, the nightmare child, all these things that never actually got picked up as threads, that this one thing that did get dropped is being picked up makes me think that he had it planned all along. Or he's making it look like he did. Or, or he did. Or if, yeah, <laughs> he's just making it look like he did. No, I, I I agree. I, I'd have to go back and rewatch Ghost Monument to be sure, but I believe the way the Timeless Child is is In brought boat, up, yeah, it 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 felt more like a seed being planted then than the Nightmare Child, which is kind of obviously well. The, a, the Nightmare Doctor Child cool is just a, is just a cool name drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's different. But it, this this to me felt more like a. a, a, a we're going to come back. Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a nugget for you. We're going to come back. Well, to no, it. and I think I think that he did. But I guess my point is, is that he could have still dropped that with the intent to come back to that, but not. But not this year, next year, not this year, next year. Or or he might have decided that he was it was something that he was going to do last year and stayed away from it because he, he was still focused on something else. And then he he intended to bring it back in the next series. But. To me, just dropping something that you plan to use later is not enough of a, this is why we've revamped all of this. You know, that's as the, it, it's like I can, now I can connect the Nightmare Child, or the Nightmare Child, the Timeless Child to this Gallifrey plot. Oh, and I've dropped Gallifrey back in here for the people that are want, you know, hear about Gallifrey again. And I can connect it to the Master. Yeah, which I'm dropping back in here because I want people to feel comfortable about uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, that's my on, problem. Yeah, yeah no, I, he could have very easily picked up the the Timeless Child. I certainly and think, not had any of. Yeah, those exactly. It could have been a, it could have been a plan all along, which I think it was because he dropped it so early. But 
I don't think it has anything to do with going back to a more secure footing with Doctor Who fans as far as the series is going. So I I love comfortable shoes. I, I, <laughs> I buy new shoes and they look great and I think they're going to be fantastic. And then I find myself two weeks later in my old pair of shoes because they're so much more comfortable. And that's how Doctor Who is with me as well. <laughs> I like the, I like the look of new shoes and they, they, they look good on me, but eventually I'm back in my old comfortable shoes. And that's what this is probably going to be. And it'll I'll probably just be a, just a more as happy. more apt analogy I don't think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be just as happy with it as, as I was last season because you guys know that I enjoyed the heck out of last season. I had very few problems with last season. Uh, it had some really superb episodes, and it had a few that I would consider turkeys, but still weren't, you know, horrible. Like it really, like it was being made out. To there be. was a talking frog, Glenn. Well, I didn't like that one. <laughs> that was one of the issues. That was one of the issues. It, it really depends on how he can how the rest of the season plays out for me more than anything. <laughs> Very if, true. You know, the master is coming back every single episode, then it's going to feel like a crutch. But if it's just this, you know, okay, this we got this great reveal, this great twist. And then moving forward as she uncovers this mystery and other standalone strong episodes like last year, it will feel like a balance of both worlds. And I think that's, I hope that's kind of where the direction they're going, where they're comfortable new shoes. They're shoes that are new shoes that are the same old brand, just new. I, um, I don't know. I could see the master coming back every episode, and and that being kind of the new thing because we really haven't had that in a while. Just, I mean, you'd have to go. You'd season. have to go back to to Pertwee, where the master was in it. You know, virtually every episode, unless you look at the Capaldi season with Missy. But even that was a different dynamic. Yeah, because he was actively trying to half the time. Right, because there's the mystery element, and then he was trying to actively. Um, Redeemer. Oh, I I don't see <coughs> I don't see Chimnall doing a, a master every story this season. I I I see the master dipping back in book ending in the middle and then probably again at the end or probably in the middle and then again definitely at the end. So um, the other thing, but here's what Chimnall did well. <laughs> it, another thing that Chimnall did well is he is still sticking to his guns of giving strong roles to females in here and I, I think both uh, Ada Ada and uh, the gal from Paris in uh, World War II, uh, the, the radio operator, giving them something to do and showing their importance, their roles, their important roles in history yeah. as women and giving them something to do in order to help the doctor, I think Still instills that that the you know, powerful women idea that this new series that the, the the last two series or these last since Jody's come on board, uh, showing that there are there are important women and there are parts for important women in, in in this series and I think that he's continuing that by doing that in while still making things comfortable for fans that you know with stuff that's come before. So I was really impressed by that. I was very very impressed by those. That was characters. definitely one of the better parts of part two, I think. That and Yaz gets a much better role the, the, this entire story. It it drops off a little bit when it becomes the three of them in episode two, but episode one, she is definitely much, the much more competent character with Ryan running around, 
Although she's sort of in her element. Yeah, she's a lot more in her element. Yeah. It makes me cons- there, the conversation Ryan and her have outside the hut, which turns out to be the TARDIS, has me concerned that they're building her up and then they're going to kill her to further Ryan's growth. Just that conversation of I'll never let that happen. Yeah. Oh, that's a red flag. She's going to die. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really worried that they're going to actually go through with it. And I hope they don't. I, um, because it's time for her to have her do. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, I thought, I thought Yaz was, was, was pretty strong in both parts. Um, very much in the first part, but I just also, wanted her to stop calling people. Well, but also in the <laughs> second, when purpose, the, the second, I felt like had a really good balance between normally you get the companions off on their thing and the doctors over here with guest star of the week doing their thing and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't jive as well and i thought there was a really good balance between them but especially from the standpoint that because ryan and graham were so caught up in the spy craft and the gadgets and the geeking out over laser shoes that she was the adult of that group (laughs) So she was still, you know, in charge. She still had that agency about her. And she's the one that, you know, all of the conversations that they have, well, what would the doc want us to do? We, we, we go ahead. We do what, you know, I mean, she was the driving thrust of all of those decision makings, which is really interesting that, you know, at the very beginning of this episode, we're, we're split up and we're doing our own things and blah, blah, blah. And now we're, no, we're continuing forward with the doctor's plan as best we can. That's a huge leap yeah. for this particular group of companions. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped for, for some character growth and development for those three characters as well. I think the problem that the second part of this does, though, is it doesn't give those companions a lot to do. There's not a lot for them to do other than press forward because yeah. they're they're continually running and hiding. And then when they finally get to the place uh, where, what's the guy's name again? Daniel. Daniel has been. Mom's already dead, and they've showed up, and he's already flown the coop. So there, 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 there's nothing that they do is very constructive in that second no, episode, unfortunately. But that gives the Doctor a chance to to really kind of shine and 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 highlight that character in that story. So that's that was one other one of the things I had a little bit of problem is I kind of felt like the character the companions needed more to do than just run from one spot to stop to the next. But but at least with their running, they wound up turning the tables and using it to their advantage. Yes, yes. So at least they weren't just Well, the laser the shoes in the pelvis, so. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the fact that that after she tried she was calling her mom when when Ryan realizes, "Oh, wait a minute, we got to get rid of the phones." And she's calling her mom and then he throws the phone on the ground and breaks it. And then Can't she you just turn your phone off. Yeah, so you don't have to break it. And then No, they can she, track SIM cards. Not if not the phone's powered down. If, if the, the phone is, you have to power the phone you down. Power the phone down. Take the battery out. Yeah, you, if you power the phone, phone down. Why do you, why do you think they made it so you can't remove batteries anymore? <laughs> Guarantee. That's why. No. So well, they, there there is some merit to the fact that there's a trickle battery in there is because you you've still got to power clocks and things like that at them. But that being said, uh, so when they got to that phone call in the middle of nowhere where he's letting her, and I thought you, what are you quit doing? calling it. I was so grateful yeah, that that was, was part of a ploy and a setup to to, yeah. to get the cars from them. So, because just when you're thinking, "Oh, really? We're going to be that that tropey?" Yeah, gotta call mom. Gotta call mom and you know yeah. get her out of town thing, and that's how the bad guy finds you. I mean, this has been a thing 
since before Terminator. I mean, it's <laughs> yep. forever. But then, to, no, we, haha, we smart, outsmart. Don't tell them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My only issue with the story is the overall plot of the aliens. I, I like how it's executed. I think it's interesting and fascinating. I just don't understand the why still. And I've watched both parts twice now. Why were they rewriting human DNA? Yeah, I don't know that we know that. I also don't know That's that... That's my only issue, is the fact well, that they didn't answer that. Did they really answer why they were targeting spies? No, I don't think so either. Other oh, than no, there, there the was, spies were onto them. There was a drop line about they fi- the spies figured out something was up. And that they oh, were okay, them. okay. So they, they, they found out the Kasabin were there. I mean, I and sort... that's why they were tracking. That's were, okay. Now that you say it. that, I remember that. That makes sense. But I had kind of also rationalized it, the fact that, that O had infiltrated MI6, or the Master, as O had infiltrated MI6. So they they had to get MI6 on board, and so taking out spies would have brought the doctor to where he needed yeah, to be. There, I, I had kind of rationalized a that. A little but, bit of both. But, there, but there I forgot was, they'd said that. There was some sort of implication I picked up from the episode that the Master had manipulated those things into position, too. Yeah. So. Uh, the other thing I forgot to go back and, and watch and pick up on was, did the master, the master took over as O before he even started in the organization, right? Before his on his first day. on his first day. Okay, I thought so I. So here's the rub that. on that. Wouldn't he have interviewed? Wouldn't they have known what he looked like? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, even the um, doctor thinks it's him. Well, but the doctor met him after he'd already started. After, so the doctor met O when the O was already the master. Yeah. So the last time oh. that they... Yeah, that's why she's <laughs> so familiar with what he looks like. Who knows it? Yeah, so... Maybe it was one of those um, email interviews or something. Or... or For was, MI6. <laughs> well, it's a tech guy, you know. For MI6. I suppose the only... Res- the what we've been given, the only explanation is the same way he was able to infiltrate Nazis. Yeah. Is yeah. the facial perception filter. Perception filter. Yeah. Made everyone at MI6 make think he looked like this guy. Yeah, that's right. Okay, or he was still regenerating that. and said, I'm going to look like you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to look like you. <laughs> I'm going to walk like you, talk like you. Um, or he didn't regenerate at all. He stole the body. He could have stole That's, the body. Yeah, I wondered that too. But then, I guess it could have been a decoy body in the matchbox. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we don't really see close. Oh, that's up right. Of, he does show the the. But uh, we don't really see what the face body, looked like. Yeah. It could have been any decompressed body. Boy, and the the uh, tissue decompressor, uh, the use of that. And I was I was on the edge of my seat on that. The the. Ainley's master never used that thing to that. Uh, not that, not that willy nilly. Yeah, that willy nilly, or to that extent of number of times it using and just just fragrant, flagrantly, flagrant. Oh, that word using it, not fragrantly. You know, spraying, <laughs> squirt, 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 <laughs> spraying stuff. After no. they decompress, it smells of pine. <laughs> Um, I don't remember. I, I think any time Anley Anley used it, it was a cutaway. 
that it would yeah, yeah the yeah, light yeah. would turn no, no, on. No, no, we never and saw. Then, yeah, yeah, we yeah. never saw. There was never an effect or anything. It was right. just we then, always then found the doll. We'd see it inside the seat in the seat of the car. Or we'd see yeah. So that was that was fantastic. One of the things I loved about the mask, I think, why I'm so high on this is the number of callbacks, the fact that we got the tissue compression, the fact that um, did anybody pick up the conversation when they're on top of the Eiffel Tower, and uh, if the doctor says cold up here reminds me of, I couldn't quite remember what that was referencing. Blah blah blah, and he says, "Did I ever apologize for that? No, good." Okay, so I can't remember the name of it now to save my life. But I thought in my head, I was like, that's got to be Pharaoh's Project. That's got to be the radio tower, is oh, what maybe, they're referencing. Yeah. So then I went and looked, and whatever the name of it is, turns out that that was where they intended to go shoot that episode with the, the Ferris Project, with the radio tower. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then they couldn't shoot there, so they wound up shooting somewhere else instead... <laughs> And then put a model of the radio tower in to make it look like that. But they called it Pharaoh's Project instead of the name of whatever this was. So then there apparently there's this whole thing now going, well, was that really a callback to that moment considering that it was under a different name in show, even though there is a real place named that? Or, or was it a meta moment in order to mark the fact that they were originally intended to go there or or, or that or, or is it even that pharaoh's project and this place are one and the same oh, we just yeah. have two different names for them i don't really care it was <laughs> yeah. a, i i picked up on it and i got that and furthermore when uh oh when was it when the when the master said something about laser scope with the gun I think it was in that same conversation. They were talking about uh, something with a sniper rifle, and he said, well, laser scope. He says, I got, or I, I, I never got over it. I got quite adept at it or something to that fact. And I went, that's a deadly assassin reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't know if it was supposed to be or not, but that's the way I took it. So, yeah. I'm I didn't gonna... even think of that. I just thought of, oh, yeah, that's part of what either. he did during the time war. Right. A, a sniper. A sniper, yeah. Which yeah. still carries through and makes sense. I'm, I'm going to jump all over that one and say that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give Chibnall all the credit. <laughs> but um, that's why he took a year off. <laughs> he, he, he went up on he his went he Doctor went back and watched every episode of Doctor Who between from from Hartnell's first day to <laughs> it worked for Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was that, but so, so much of the man and, and Sasha's performance. Yeah, he does such a good job. I, I love the fact that he, as Jamie pointed out, he goes from, you know, calculating, manipulating to manic, manic and crazy, <laughs> but never as out of control, manic and crazy no, no. as the the bad sim that right, we don't watch. Right, right. You know, and even when he is manic and crazy, there's still that. Oh, and. Uh, that the gleam. End of, time. end of time. Yeah. Sim. Yeah. That's him. Um, but there's still that gleam in his eye that he's still. He's still in control, even when yeah. he's not. That's that's just, it was. Oh, he was so good. Oh, another callback was the drums. When yeah. she's oh, com- yeah, contacting. I thought, wow, okay, we're just. And the way he performed that when he went to go respond. Felt looked like he was having a PTSD attack yep. from the drums. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and contact. Who would have yeah. thought we'd have got yeah. that again? <laughs> well. Um, 
if Jody's face had appeared in the opening credits, I would have been <laughs> I would have been as shocked as I was by any of these revelations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all of the moments of this are great. Uh, just uh, across the board in both parts, I think it, it it just is so strong on the fan service elements. The the nitpicking, as Glenn would call it, is that at least so far the story doesn't work. I think the story works. We just don't know the why of the. Aliens. We don't really know anything because it's like, like okay, these these alien these transdimensional aliens that they're here and they're performing the spycraft because they're spying on us for whatever reason. Well, it has something to do with the DNA manipulation and replacement, but we don't know why, right. other than he's going to turn us all into hard drives. Well, that's your goal. Is that really their goal? I mean, there's there's some sort of shared goal there, but right. We don't know. And they've been here for a long time. Going all the way back to, to, to Ada Lovelace. And so now we get one recording of the Master revealing that he's going to turn on them. And it felt very much like a, okay, plan's off, and they all disappear. And it's like... Uh, Why wouldn't they just continue well, with I, their plan? Now, admittedly, they're aliens. I don't know how they think. So maybe maybe this is maybe well, this is the greatest insult to the plan ever, and we can't continue forward. Now. And that would I would nitpick that if we got to the end of this series and they that was completely a dropped thread, and then we got to the end of Chibnall's <laughs> Time as Showrunner, and we and we never got it picked back up. Then then I'm then that's nitpicky. But I think right now I think we have to accept the fact that there's some sort there. There's obviously going to be some through threads for the season, and I would hope they would pick back up and give us more information yeah and it's it's kind of like the silence except they were more encapsulated within their episode it felt like there was a resolution there but then all of a sudden they came back and it didn't really jive with what had come before right maybe chibnall's trying to avoid that this feels like we purposely left it open-ended so they better come back from that regard but then even uh what's his name daniel barton (laughs) thank you yeah barton sneaks off barton sneaks off at the end of the episode yeah, I think he's after, after telling everybody, okay, look at your phones. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Okay, see ya. Fire up my escape plan. <laughs> and he leaves, and that's the last we see of him. So I, I'm inclined to believe that at some point he's got to come back. Right. Yep. That this this doesn't, doesn't feel like this can be a dangling thread of that level. What I think of... would be cool is where uh, Daniel, you know, sneaks off, and we have another episode with him where they, you know, having to show down with what it was something's going on and they they realize that he's he's so powerful and has so much money that they just can't compete and so what they end up doing is they bring back what's his name from uh last season in arachnids <laughs> and he ends up allying with because he hates this guy and he ends up allying with the the doctor and, and our companions and they end up you i think that'd be so, that'd be so great there's this, this yeah. big power battle between them it's not gonna happen but i think it would be awesome because that was another guy that we kind of felt like got off the hook you know yeah. nothing really happened no yeah. repercussions that, yeah okay i'm down with that and daniel's whole storyline with you know the political message for the episode felt a little bit kerblam it was very much kerblam that's what in fact but mason said the same a, thing he said well last time last year was amazon now it's google yeah and <laughs> i think it was done a little bit better but you know just still not it quite was still pretty heavy-handed the, at the end not quite sticking the landing as <laughs> yeah. well as it, 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 could, it, it was very heavy-handed but it was i thought well done and probably needed because as he's sitting there going blah 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 and i'm thinking about the fact that i 
hooked up another Amazon Echo in the house. Yeah, I did too, and I was sitting right next to mine with a camera. <laughs> Mine's got a camera. <laughs> that was another thing I got was I got an Echo Show. Now I've got the camera disabled right now, but I was sitting there next to my Echo Show watching this going, yeah, I just hooked that up. I, so, okay. So then it I, makes I feel you like think it's about justified. It with a camera. <laughs> if we were all sitting there going, that's talking to me. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. justified. <laughs> You're right. That's that's where it does it better than Kerblam did, where I didn't have that thought while watching Kerblam. Yeah. This goes, oh yeah, that's that's our life right now. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> okay, maybe we shouldn't. We should be actually looking at these agreements before we sign them. Right. But right. I think the questionable plan goes both ways because they 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 go through this whole motion in the first about okay, we're going we're gonna to dress in our cool tuxedos and we're going to sneak onto the guest list and we're going to do this and get in and you know keep your spy gadgets ready and spread out and cover the grounds and we're going to find him. And then the doctor goes, oh, walks right up to him and says, so, yo, what's up with your evil plan? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you are a horrible spy. <laughs> you don't get it. That's she also didn't know which game she was playing. Yeah, so. I, and it just was... <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just... <laughs> That was good. <laughs> so you know those kind of moments that that fill through the the, the the big and then okay the two female guest stars. We still don't necessarily know why those particular female guest stars were in there, other than obviously Lovelace with the computer. That's kind of an well. Lovelace moment. was important because she was in the first moment that the uh, transcendental things right. had come. Uh, the, I think the only reason the other gal was in there was a. Because they needed a vehicle for her to end up contacting, and they had just she she admitted that that the uh, the jump got interrupted or whatever, and it dumped them out into World War Two. So yeah, I never I got the impression that she had any experience. Right, she with wasn't necessary previously. Right, like, she was did. never connected to it. She just happened just right happened place, right time. Okay, yeah. So, having said that, I, uh, both but, both but, these women are fascinating, and I would have loved a full episode on each one of them. Well, yeah. Not that we really had time for it with everything that was crammed into this, but um, I'm sorry, Keith, go ahead. No, but going back to, you know, the importance, they do talk about how they were following all, a whole bunch of other computer developers throughout history, too. Right. So yeah. even though the the spy lady in Paris isn't one of those people, they still were following these people, and we don't know why. Right, right. Yeah. There's a lot of points. Well, I mean, it all ties back into this hard drive idea. Yeah, that's just it. We do know why, and the why is they they have been following computer technology from the very the very first computer, Babbage's idea and Lovelace's uh, 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 recognition of, of its usage later on. That's the that was the invention of the computer right there, and they've been watching it to the point where they could finally utilize it. Is the point? So that's why they're watching all of these oh, different okay. points because they're kind of journaling where we get to to the point where okay, now we need to make contact with this person, kind of thing. So it was the impression I got. So it's the girl in the fireplace that so they're looking yes. through the time windows until she's that ready, until it's ready, yeah. until sense. the technology okay. is ready. Yeah. But we still don't know why. And I, I'm not even what sure. What they do with said technology? I'm not even sure said technology would have been ready with even Daniel, but with the master intervening, I think he kind yeah. of advanced the the the, uh, the timeline for them. Okay. D 
you think they were, you know, looking in on Tom Tit and uh, uh, all those uh, fancy computers, uh, Wotan and <laughs> Wotan? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. That they were there for all of them. Oh yeah. That's how, that's how you drop references. <laughs> Go back and do that. The other thing I'm not sure I'm thrilled about is the hand waving away of unit and torchwood. Well, this is the second time we've had unit reference that it's been shut down. I was okay. Well, less with, of a Brexit reference this time, right? I, I I was okay with the first one because it could have been played off as a joke, or it could have been a real thing. They left it ambiguous enough that okay, maybe they're there, maybe they're not. But now to come out and have the doctor say they're both gone. Well, they are. Like, they lost oh, all their funding. Let's... But again, it was ambiguous. You can refund something. You can always bring it back. But now it's a kind of official, yeah, they're gone, which means. So let, here, so Chibnall's just really kind of driving that home so that we all realize, oh, crud, well, I guess they're never coming back, only to, in three <laughs> episodes, surprise us when Captain Jack shows up. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he gets rid of Along Unit, he gets rid of Gallifrey. I, you know, what am I thinking? <laughs> I don't know where I fall on the Gallifrey part of it either. When Seems too soon for me to go back to Gallifrey destroyed. thumping. But, well, I mean, just even Gallifrey-centric stuff. I know it, we didn't have a lot of it, because like you said, we finally got a Gallifrey story with uh, uh, Capaldi's... Uh, Heaven Sent. Uh, yeah. Hellbent. Yeah. Hellbent. No, Heaven Sent. Heaven Sent was the, Hellbent's the second the, one. The Hellbent's first. Hellbent's confession. the one. Hellbent's the Hellbent's one, on, one in the in the dial. Well, that's right? Heaven Sent. Oh, that is Heaven Sent. Heaven okay. Because Hel- he's Hellbent's to oh, destroy yeah. Rassilon. Yeah, you're right. That's how you you're remember right. that. Um, but anyway, you know, with Hellbent we got Hellbent one, to save Clara. and you know, with into time we got a couple, and then with uh, the fiftieth anniversary special, yeah. the Day of the Doctor, we get very heavy uh, Gallifrey stuff there too. But uh, so yeah, it's been peppered in, but it just really kind of feels like too soon to go back to Gallifrey lore and discussions and I don't know we'll see I'm I'm depends on how what he does with it really well, I remember when when Eccleson's season came along and we learned there was this war Gallifrey burned I'm the last of the time lords that was such a heavy whoa really and such a bold move to do it and I wasn't sure how I felt about it then because the time lords have been kind of such an integral part of the show even though they never show up until it's that special time of the year when it's like, okay, we'll give you a Gallifrey episode. And then every time they did show up, they were horrible. So it shouldn't be that big a deal. But their absence really did leave a, a big hole in the show. And then to have the Doctor dealing with all of his, I'm the last of my kind, I'm the last of the time, that's, that's a huge thing emotionally. So then we fix it and we bring them back. But they're in this pocket bubble. And it's kind of like, that's the best of both worlds, because they're out of the way, but you can still go visit if you need to do, you know, if you want a Gallifrey episode, you could still do one. And now they're gone again. Okay. I mean, and how does that, how is that going to change the Doctor going forward? One of the things that I liked about this, and I complained last season a lot about, Jody's Doctor didn't feel like she had that agency about her. She didn't have that edge that the the previous ones have had she did in this one she very much was yeah especially after she went and saw that oh the master wasn't lying at least not on this particular element of his story gallifrey's gone it burned and um 
you know, you could just see it bubbling under the surface of her interactions, even with the fam later when they're asking her questions. And she answered, but she wasn't happy about it. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see, all right, well, where is this going to go? But yet at the same time, I don't want it to destroy the character. Right, right. You know, which I think the potential is there. It, it's a, it's going to well, be a tough don't... line to walk because we don't want her to completely be back to her normal last season self in the next episode, which I'm a little worried it's going to yeah. be like a, you know, Curse of the Black Spot of, all right, we got this huge bomb dropped on us. Let's go have fun. What? No, it's too much of a shift change. No, I think they will do that, though. I think they will, too. I I just hope Jody portrays it just kind of a little bit more subdued and a little grumpier throughout the whole thing. In fairness... You don't have to do anything plot-wise. It can all be acting. Yeah. Convey it. In fairness, too, without going back and looking, I don't know how those episodes were filmed. Oh, that's true. So they, they may not know necessarily from one shooting day to the next that okay I'm doing I'm on the pirate and I'm doing this and then the next day you shoot that but then they air them the opposite way and you're like oh <laughs> had I known I'd have done that differently mm. you know I don't know that's well, always they a... also I think tend to have the scripts like that in advance when they're doing a shooting block they usually have the entire all the scripts for that block already don't they I would think so so you would ha- at least know that bomb would drop I don't know depends on it depends situation. on the show and the and the script and the season and the showrunner and so many other things. Yeah, I don't know. Matt Smith's Angel Two Parter was the first one shot in that series, and then they went back and shot Eleventh um, Hour and Beast Below after that. So. That's true. I wonder. I don't know. I, what what could the master have found? Of all the things that the master has reason to be pissed at Gallifrey. And there's a lot. <laughs> the drum beats only the tip of the iceberg. But what could make him discover everything I've been told is a lie? The entire civilization is built on this lie. And even I am not okay with this lie. <laughs> now you're all going to die. What could possibly be? Well, it, it's such a tough thing because. It depends on the master. If this is a master that has gone through the slight redemption that Missy went through and then regenerated, this is and not... some of that continues, uh, and think... that's why he's so mad, because he's had some of that redemption, or if it's something, you know, it I'd, really I'd, depends. We I would know be su- about this master. I would be surprised if this is a post-Missy master. I don't think it is. I think this is somewhere... Maybe even earlier than Sim and, and Jacoby. I don't know for sure. I kind of, I, I sort of feel in my gut that he is between Sim and uh, Missy. Uh, Michelle Gomez is doc, uh, master. I, I, I think he's somewhere in between there. I just, especially where they went with Missy, it, it almost really kind of destroys everything Moffat did with missy as a character if this is a post missy regeneration and i know that often the personalities change with the regeneration as well and so but i just i think that everything that she learned and was redeemed for in that would be completely stripped away if this is post missy so i'm hoping this is pre missy i'm hoping so too but i don't necessarily have faith in chibnall to think the audience is smart enough to put that together 
not unless we have him regenerate into Michelle Gomez. Right. Unless the unless they show Rock. us it, I don't. I'm afraid he wouldn't think the audience could follow that line of here's where the master's placement is. Which I, I'm, I'm I struggle with that because obviously the easiest thing to do is to just okay this is the next master and not worry about placement. But you're right that destroys what they did character wise. Well, and the way they left the character, it's implied and that it's the end. That is it, yeah. Now, yeah. As, of course. as we've said, so the, the Master has been burned alive. Um, the Master has been left for dead I don't know how many times. The he master, was in a box at one point. <laughs> he, he was digested by the TARDIS, <laughs> destroyed by the RF Harmony. Uh, apparently brought back, he was a robot, if we count that one. There are so many different times the Master has died and then comes back. And there's no explanation given. They don't even bother with it anymore. You know, at least in the old series, they used to say, how are you back? And they wouldn't discuss it, but they would ask. <laughs> Nowadays, the doctor's used to it. He says, eh, okay. And, 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 and Jody had the same reaction. You can't be. It is. Okay. <laughs> just, just, we're just going to roll with it. So in that regard, I don't even know that the finite, and it felt very finite, He's poisoned and going to regenerate into her. He shoots her so that she can't regenerate, and we're done. I don't know that even with that hard and fast rule <laughs> that you can ignore and hand wave it away and go, yeah, we're not going to deal with that. Yeah. But then again, what do I know? <laughs> I've literally thought just about every demise of the Master was the demise of the Master <laughs> at one point in time. So... Well, I'm not saying it can't be done. It just I'm I'm hoping that they that Missy was the last incarnation. I would prefer it that way. Yeah. I just don't necessarily have faith in. Uh, maybe it's not the faith in Chibnall. It's the faith in the BBC not sticking their fingers in, saying I don't know if the audiences can follow that. I don't. I don't get the impression that the BBC that that any of the corporate execs up there really do any hands on. I really don't. I just. I, I've never felt like Moffat's ever felt pressured. I never thought that Davis ever has felt pressured, with the exception of maybe that first year. And so I don't think that they're putting fingers in the pudding with Chibnall, other than I suppose the evidence could be is that he is he has changed course a bit. If, if as that's far as, why he's changing yeah. course. But maybe he's just listening to fans and the and the, the winds of the internet. I don't know. It could have been a, okay, we gave you the female doctor, we gave you the this, we gave you the that, and now you're going to give us, we want the master back. We want yeah, but the, you think you'd, you'd think you'd, you'd think you'd have heard somebody complaining about that. Yeah, or, think, or, of, of all the things yeah, that have There leaked. would have been rumblings about that, <laughs> I think, but and, and I don't hear that, so. Yeah. I don't know. It would be really cool if this is pre-Missy, and that maybe the doctor's interactions with the master through their meetings in this run is maybe what convinces subconsciously the master to become a female. That would be kind of cool. That would be a really unique and cool way to spin that, that they, you know, they pull the river and they're just out of order, but it's because of Jody that the master becomes Missy. She saw, which is exactly why the audience should be given more credit because we were able to follow handle, the yeah. the handle the the river saga. So, 
Well, the only forest in the water, the, the only river, the, no, I can't even say it, so I'm the not. The only water in the forest is the river. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's uh, wrap it up. Final thoughts on this. I'm I'm excited for the series and and looking forward to next week and the next. Well, we get ten more. Eight. Eight more now. That's what I said. <laughs> Bring it. I am ready <laughs> yeah. for more. I can't wait. The fam is back. Well, what do we got coming on the schedule? That's pretty obvious. <laughs> Sunday, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Another episode. Another episode of Who? Woo! No titles yet, though. So No titles as of yet. We have next week's title, Which, but that's it. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, I don't remember now what it was. I remember seeing that it had come. Orphan but... 55 or something I'm like kind of hoping that we're getting... Uh, I'm, since they did a good job with the Master Surprise, I, I'm hoping that we're getting ti- we're getting titled by the week now because there would be too much of a giveaway in some of the titles. So I'm hoping that maybe that's Just why. don't do giveaway titles. Well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> All right. <Blank> in Manhattan. <laughs> well, be sure to uh, check our website out for any updates on this podcast. And while you're there, be sure to kick on, uh, click on the Patreon link and consider supporting us. And remember, you can send comments and feedback to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or clicking on the send feedback link on the website. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Did you forget where you were sitting? No. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I. Did you guys see that this was our anniversary week? This is our anniversary oh, yeah. week. It, Happy it, anniversary. It, it was. <laughs> I, I forget now how many years it's been. Be eight? eight right now. Yeah. yeah. So eight. This is our. I, I saw that pop up and I was like, oh, yeah. Doctor Who was nice enough to, re, to return, return on our, our anniversary. anniversary. Oh, how cool is that? Sweet. <laughs> and it's an anniversary, not an epiversary. Right, so, anniversary. Yes. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. <laughs>